0: I'm gonna miss this pitch i'm gonna miss this pitch she bowled it they should have put pins there and they could have yelled strike when the ball rolled across the plate
1: welcome back everybody to another episode of the Takey D sports show part of the arizona varsity podcast network my name is zach Alvar, and as always i'm joined by mr eric newman i never get that right uh mr eric newman eric how you doing man
0: I'm good. Um, hopefully this time my dog doesn't start barking and ruin the show. Uh, try okay. number two. Does that one before count as episode number 102 and this is 103?
1: I mean, this is 102 part two. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So th- like, that was like the pilot episode for episode yeah. 102. So yeah, but uh, good. Good to hear you doing well. Um, I have been getting killed by allergies this week, so... I'm trying to get over those so I can be 110% for the Tukey Bowl tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be talking Tukey Bowl. We're going to be talking games that Eric is covering, if any. We're going to be talking um, a little bit about that Sports Illustrated article, which I think we'll probably get into that first. Um, But before all of that, Eric, what do you have on tap this weekend? Are You freezing? I think your Just, internet's going out. Oh, there it goes.
0: Um, there aren't many games in Flagstaff, but the teams are playing yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. Marcos Deniza is hosting Flag High in football on Friday. Apache Junctions hosting Coconino, and then NAU is going to be at Portland State. Um, so important matchups for for all of them. Um, looking for for wins to get back on the winning uh, side of things. Yeah. So all of them important games.
1: Yeah, I know I think you cut off a little bit, but you are out of town. I don't know if anyone yeah. okay, I don't know if anyone caught that. Um, but yeah, Eric's out of town this weekend. Um, so I hope that you enjoy your vacation, obviously. Um, I on the other hand, will be in town for the most part. Uh, I'm very, very close. I'm this close to not doing a game on Friday just because I've been going nonstop for so many days in a row now that I might give myself the night off. Um, as everyone knows, Awatuki Bowl, which we'll talk, we'll talk more about that, but Awatuki Bowl between Desert Vista and Mountain Point, one of the biggest games of the year for the papers that I yep. work for, um, it's on Thursday. So that kind of gives me a chance to not cover a game Friday. Yep. Or, you know, it really gives me a chance to kind of take a night um obviously if i did take a night i would 110 still be streaming games probably from my tv my computer and my phone so i wouldn't just not be watching football but i might just chill at home nothing wrong with that every once in a while yeah nothing wrong with that at all so we'll see i haven't fully decided yet just because i really was eyeing that saguaro liberty game um but i'm sure that's going to be streamed so i'm sure i can watch that one uh, online as well, so, and I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be there. So I don't think anyone is really like desperate for my coverage. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that's what I'm kind of thinking. Um, Albuquerque Bowl is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I was at ASU this past Saturday. Sean Aguano's first game. Um, it obviously didn't go very well in terms of the scoreboard, but he there's a lot of things that he's doing with that program that I really respect. Um, they walked out arm in arm as, as one, the captains didn't come out first. Um, they, you know, he came into the post game press conference room and he hugged each player that exited the table. And at one point I was actually standing pretty close to him. At one point, I think Emery Jones, the quarterback said, I love you coach. And he said, I love you too. Like these like Sean Iguano, is I think the perfect guy for these kids. He loves them. He's passionate. He knows Arizona. He loves Arizona. I mean, I, I just I mean we talked about it a lot last episode, but I mean I, I him and his energy on the sideline was amazing. Their pra- their uh, practice energy was amazing this whole week. They all said they had a really good week of practice. Like he did some really good things for this program in just a week. It's gonna take time for the wins to come though, and obviously them being against. You know Utah and then USC and then Washington, that's, that's hard. So I don't know if it's going to come right away, but I def- definitely when they get to Colorado, Stanford, or maybe Oregon State, that's where I think you will start to see them get some wins.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is Utah is a tough first-week opponent for anybody, yeah. much less a coach.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, yeah, um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to watch a lot of college football this weekend, I think. We'll see what happens. Maybe some NFL games on Sunday. But um, it's kind of the beauty of the Tukey Bowl, Eric, is I get all my stuff done the night of the game. And then I literally have the weekend off. Which is why I'm kind of like Friday. I'm like, uh, do I take a three-day weekend, kind of? You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. Um, but I also have to do the the radio show on Saturday morning. So I guess I'm not totally off, quote-unquote. But um, what do you say, Eric? Can we just get right into it?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
1: So... There's a Sports Illustrated article that came out, and it's uh, titled Crusaders and Vultures and Renegades. Uh, Blank is cutthroat in the Valley of the Sun. And it's basically, how would you even describe it?
0: It is, uh, the idea is an expose on the recruiting and transferring in high school football in Arizona and what the author believes has kind of accumulated into this you know, weird, admittedly strange space that high school yeah. football presides in Arizona right now.
1: Exactly. And I saw a lot of opinions. I saw really well-written. I saw great article. It shines a light on stuff that we already knew was happening. I saw this was a horrible article because a lot of inaccurate information was there. I saw just people in general mad Um, and it is kind of weird because I also heard, and I guess we'll get into our thoughts about it. Was it well-written? Yes, sure. We'll go with that. Um, did it have a lot of good reporting? Absolutely. You can tell he spent a lot of time getting this information. Here's where I kind of question it a little bit though. I heard from several people that were in that article or at least somehow involved in it directly with the reporter who said they were misled by what they were actually being interviewed about. Um, that I don't think is cool. If you come to someone and you say, hey, I wanna do this on your team and then take the quotes, let's say Desert Vista. If I came to Nate Gill and I said, hey, I wanna do a story on you know your team and them getting used to you and all that stuff. And then I turn it around and say in a story, you know, this is how Nate Gill is failing as a head coach. Like, and obviously yeah, and he's not. kind that's of just putting him in a,
0: in a negative light.
1: Yeah, like, that's not cool. Like, I don't, I personally, like, I don't do that as a reporter. Maybe other reporters do do that. Maybe it's because he's more of an investigative reporter. I didn't think that was cool, especially when I started hearing from people like, hey, man, he, you know, I wasn't interviewed like this. Like, he wanted to do a story on this, and then all of a sudden it's this. That I don't think is is a good thing. And it's hard because the person that wrote it is a professor at Cronkite. So I know him a little bit, a little bit, not a whole lot, but like, it just, I don't know, man, that stuff kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit, especially hearing it from the people who were interviewed.
0: I'm with you. Um, Part of what we do is cultivating sources. um, And part of it is just kind of creating relationships with the people that we cover. I mean, you and I both, I know I can't speak for you fully, but the amount of times we go to a practice or a game and we talk to people on the sidelines and, you know, we do the interviews that are on record, but a lot of the time it's just talking um, with these coaches and players and stuff. And, you know, being uh, maybe not friends in the same way, but friendly um, having, conversations with them in a way and it, it, the best reporters build sources um and part of it's done naturally and that's just not a way to go about doing it um, Yeah. i also i've mixed opinions on the article yes it was reported with a lot of effort there yes. was a lot of effort put into finding people interviewing them um 10, words you're not going to have that unless you put in the time exactly but I don't know that I agreed with some of the methods. Um, yeah. I would have liked to hear, you know, a lot of it was based on, um, for those who haven't read, it's it it starts with a, a guy who is potentially bringing a bunch of kids to go play at Chaparral High School. Not uh, potentially,
1: like, he did bring them.
0: Yeah, so but potentially in terms of you know uh, potentially breaking transfer rules or recruitment rules or whatever the actual allegation is um i would have liked to hear from coach barnes um a lot of these teams that are mentioned even if it said this person wouldn't comment i wanted to see the effort that someone actually reached out to them and put fair effort into getting their side rather than just kind of, you know, and we have to take people at their word. Um, Chile is a good friend of both of ours and he was a little part of the story and we take him at his word that, um, he was kind of misled in the way that he was spoken to. And, you know, at some point he'll come out and he'll talk about his thing. Um, I think he wants to take his time doing that, but, you know, we weren't there so we can only assume based on what we hear. Um, I just, it's, it it struck me as a little bit obtuse. um, The article in general was, you know, not shining a light on anybody um, and kind of making a lot of these coaches out to be worse people than they really are. Yeah. Um, that that Making was things like point. an allegation although not specifically saying it that oh Sawaro has a slush fund um coach Mons must be getting some money on the side and he didn't say that specifically yeah. but you know it kind of implies stuff like that like hey um wink wink something like this is happening and a lot of these guys from what they've shown us are, that's not who they
1: are um, and and to go off that point too, so just to kind of explain a little bit of every like point that was hit in the story, it started like Eric said, with, there's a lot of them. It was, it started with, like Eric said, the, the Chaparral parents who brought youth football players from Goodyear to Chaparral. And now they're all freshmen. And what the main reason, cause it was asked later on the story why they didn't just go to desert edge because what the Carter twins are building over there. Is obviously very good. The culture, everything. These parents wanted help buying equipment, and the Carter twins said no, which is fantastic. And that's it. Here's a, here's the weird thing. He shines a positive light on the Carter twins for not buying into this, and then three paragraphs or three like like uh, subheads later, he goes into how. The Carter Twins allegedly were trying to recruit players out of Cesar Chavez and they got one of them. So it's like what like what I guarantee if he went to the Carter Twins and said, "Hey, do you want to be quoted in the story about how I'm going to out you guys for trying to recruit this kid and you got him over there from Chavez?" Do you really think they would have agreed to talk about the story?
0: They would have no commented.
1: Exactly. Or they would have denied it. Well, whether whether they were They actually did it or not. I'm not accusing them. Yeah, of course. That's where I say, like, and it wasn't I didn't hear from them, but I heard from others. That's why I feel like a lot of these people were misled. And to go back into everything, so Chaparral is one part of it, and a big part, we'll come back to Chaparral. Um, then you had the then you had the Seguaro aspect and how much money the booster program has. Then you have the Cesar Chavez aspect, which is kind of really the main school in all of this because a lot of their players have gone up to Chandler, have gone to, you know, Saguaro, have gone to whatever school. Um, and there's another part in there with Chaparral that I, I'm sorry, with Cesar Chavez, I really did not like that we'll come back to. Then you go into Desert Edge. First, you're praising Desert Edge. Then you get into Desert Edge committing recruiting violations, or allegedly, they got a warning for it by the AIA. Then you get into the AIA and him basically calling out the AIA for not doing anything about it. Then you get into um, the youth football aspect again. And then you get into Flight Club. For some reason, Flight Club was brought up and Chili was interviewed about everything he does. But it was almost in a negative way that he brought up Flight Club because it was almost a like a, a recruiting expo for all these high school coaches. Then you get into Tim Doherty at Hamilton. It There's a lot to it. It's a lot of movies. It's
0: a 10,000-word article. Yeah. And one of the things that you and I were, were talking about before it, uh, w- we were talking yesterday when it came out, if I tried to submit a 10,000-word article, yeah, my boss would laugh.
1: Literally. Literally. And
0: partially and, that's just because of the medium we're in. Sports yes. Illustrated has always been kind of long-form journalism. That's what they were known for. But not often are you going to see that long of an article, especially on high school sports. Exactly.
1: And the thing, too, and there's another aspect to it. It was uh, Carl Hayden with Kendra Pride making the move to Basha. Now, here's the thing. I looked, and I'm going to check again. I don't see Kendra Pride on Basha's roster. Unless I'm totally wrong and someone can go check for me, I do not see him on that roster for Basha. And I'm looking at I mean, I like he's he's retweeted a bunch of Carl Hayden stuff, and I know that early on in Basha's, like summer, not summer, official fall practices, he was not there, and he had not shown up for anything. Yeah, and that was a big part of the story too. How do we know that? Yeah, see, I just got from from Jacob Saliga. Kinder Pride is still at Carl Hayden, and this reporter did a huge thing about how he went over to Basha. Yeah, like, do you not check? Like you have to check. There there
0: are some journalism ethics and things here that I'm kind of a journalism nerd. I find the art of reporting really interesting. And that's one of the reasons I got into sports journalism. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved reading sports coverage. There's a few faux pas in there. um, That being one of them. Another being that he took several Unnamed sources. He referred to one coach as B, just yep. the letter B. And, and what was that one like, Doobie or something? Doobie. Like that? Yeah. And a a young reporter tapped in was another oh. one. So well,
1: don't even get me started on that. So
0: one. when we're in journalism school I and mean, in you have to take ethics classes and stuff like that, unnamed sources have become more common in sports yeah. reporting. Um, if you look at national stories, Adam Schefter, um, you know, Sham Adrian Wojnarowski, the big names you know about in the big sports nationally have unnamed sources. And you believe most of what they say because of their credibility. But the reason you're supposed, the only reason to do unnamed sources is if it's going to endanger them by putting their name out or su- have them suffer consequences in any way. Yep. I can't imagine that whatever coach doobie, whoever that is, he might be a nice guy. He might be a great coach. I just simply don't know who that is. And so how am I going to believe somebody if they don't give the context to why this guy wouldn't give his real name or why B wouldn't give his real name? Um, Yep. It just, it seems odd to me. And um, to put this much, when you're trying to shine a light on truth um, you need to be, true in every aspect and so it just it seemed a little bit hypocritical to me
1: and i i feel like people might be like oh well maybe you guys are just upset that you didn't write this story no like that's not it at all eric and i are actually journalists and we have a certain level of standards that we have to go by in order to not get fired from our job
0: and let let's also get this clear i was impressed with some of it i, I was think the idea was really really interesting yes. um, and it's something that most of us who are maybe a little more plugged into the high school sports scene wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. Because
1: um, people would be probably too afraid to talk to us.
0: Well, honestly. that, that, and it's just, we have uh, like it or not have connections with some of these people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it was interesting. I don't feel jealous. I think that the more high school sports reporting in Arizona, the better, it makes it better for every one of us. If people are doing good work, yeah. I appreciate when people from other outlets are doing a good job. I appreciate what people from Arizona Varsity are. Um, yeah. So that never that the idea of jealousy never crossed my mind. No. I just, if you're going to report something like this, um, I think you have to be extra careful to make sure everything's right. And it it, it appears that that wasn't the case.
1: Yeah, Kendry Pride posted a video on September 10th, so 18 days ago. First touchdown at wideout. And it is of him catching a pass in a Carl Hayden uniform from this season. It's things like – and and, the, and if you go back in and look at the article, I'm going to go read it right now at the very, very end. It's going to take me a little bit to get there. Hang on. At the I'll very, say something while you're looking at that. I got uh, it. I'm, I'm here. here. I'm here. Okay. Basha is 4-0. And I quote from the article, Basha is 4-0, ranked number one in the state, even without Kendrick Pride. Again, who we just found out is still at Carl Hayden. The running back must sit one more game before he's eligible to sit up for the Bears. Last Friday night, Arizona State interim head coach, blah, 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 blah. He must sit one more game before he's eligible to sit up for the Bears. Kendrick Pride is a Carl Hayden Falcon still. Like, come yeah. on. Come on, man. Like, it's little thing. Like, it took me less than 15 seconds to type in Basha football roster and scroll it for Kendrick Pride's name. And he was not in there. Yeah. 15 um, seconds. I think if so, someone
0: that taught you and I both a lot uh, in this industry was a man named Lee Chapel Yes. He was, uh, for those who don't know, a longtime Arizona's Arizona uh, AZ Central Arizona Republic sports reporter um, has had many Awesome position since then. Um, wrote a book on the 1990s Suns um, with Charles Barkley and those guys. Awesome sports journalist. If you or I had come with a story that named a coach Doobie or a coach B without a without a legitimate reason, he would have turned it around and said, we can't publish this. You either give us the name or you can't publish it. 100%. And he taught us a lot of lessons like that. And it just, it it rubs me the wrong way. Um, I have conflicting thoughts, as you can tell in the last 15 minutes we've talked about this. It's it's an interesting thing. um, And I think it's worth talking about. But you need to make sure that the little things are correct um, in something
1: like that. Can I also read something that really just rubbed me the wrong way with this story (laughs) is it walter white no that we'll get into that that was the fact that he
0: kind of compared a drug lord from a tv show to to jason
1: mons jason mons um and i quote chavez is located in levine just eight miles southwest of downtown phoenix directly east is south phoenix the most impoverished area uh, sorry impoverished urban area in arizona and home to many Chavez students. Among 6A programs, Chavez may have the most impoverished student body in Metropolitan Phoenix. The school's enrollment is 87% Hispanic or Black, the team 100% so. I've been near Cesar Chavez. That's a very nice area. And to say impoverished and then turn right around and, and tie it to race I get why, but at the same time, it's like, like, also, have you looked at Ralph Amson's
0: Twitter? He literally put out a thing saying that that's
1: not true. I just got to it. Cesar Chavez, from Ralph Amson, Cesar Chavez has the second least amount of students on a free and reduced lunch plan of all the PUHSD high schools. Does that sound like the most impoverished high school community that we have here in Arizona? He
0: gets surrounded by saying it may be that.
1: I don't care that's BS. No,
0: I know. I'm with you. I agree with that's you. That's horrible. It did, it's not true.
1: Like, and come on. You can't so, just make
0: claims like that.
1: So Cesar Chavez is one. We have people being misled two. We have Kendra Pride three. Let's continue, shall we? How about the thing about, about um, Brent Barnes and the Chaparral football team helping out with gas money for those kids from Goodyear? I
0: don't know if that's true or not.
1: I would have loved to hear from Brent Barnes. I exactly. did hear from Brent Barnes. Brent Barnes. Did I say ben? Brent Barnes? <laughs> Richard Obert, our good friend. No knowledge of improper contact with Goodyear Youth Football Program. Obviously, people are going to well, he's going to say that, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you have
0: to make the effort to reach out to him, right? Like You have to at least say he wouldn't comment.
1: Exactly. The fact
0: that they didn't mention him at all. He said, he said, clearly says he didn't reach out to them.
1: From Richard Obert's story, he said that, and he is talking about Brent Barnes. He said that SI did not reach out to him for comment. That would never, and here's a quote from Barnes. That would never come from me 100%, Barnes told the Republic about Chaparral reaching out to the parent. I know better than that, and I care about my job. I also wouldn't tolerate that from anybody on our staff. At the end of the day, people can always say whatever they want. Obviously, this is the one year we didn't get a group come in. I've been here five years, and we never had people coming from different parts of the Valley. It just happened to be a year when that's happening.
0: Yeah. So it's a he said, she
1: said. Exactly.
0: So, But the fact is that they didn't reach out to the guy.
1: Yeah, And If you're
0: going to do any sort of thorough reporting,
1: you have to reach out to the coach of the team that you're writing about. 100%. 100%. Hundred percent. Let's get to. Well, we already touched on Desert Edge a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know the thing, and and here's the thing that I kind of admire about the Carter twins is they're not afraid to speak their minds. No,
0: not at all. Um,
1: now, posting a picture with the player that was mentioning the story for transform to Chavez, gutsy. I'll give it to them. <laughs> it's this. on I, brand. That's I, sure. I, I got nothing on that. Um, <laughs> but. Here's and, and like, it's just and then they then they they criticize Mountain Point because they send the bus to Levine, but that's been going on forever. So like I don't understand that one, um, you know like the I think it, at one point he criticized Chili's chain that he gave out. Um, at one point, you know, he criticized again the the what he what was referred to as the recruiting as expose for flight club which obviously is not at all what chili wants to do like and here's here's the thing too did you see in where it looked like he kind of put in the questions that he asked to some of these parents where it was like an italicized yeah Yeah. so he played football allegedly in phoenix at brophy and you have to ask where kellis is I don't even cover the West Valley and I know where every school is. Yeah. I mean, I, that's just little things to me. Like a little thing. You know what I mean? Like a, that's, that I'm, I, I'm nitpicking. But like, it's not like Calis is that brand new. Like Calis has been around for a little while. They were really good a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like, and like, I just, these freshmen parent, and this is, this is exactly what we always say when we talk about, Oh, parents getting crazy. Parents are doing this. Like, if your kid's a freshman, please stay out of the coach's way. Like, don't go talk to a reporter about how they gave you gas money, whether or not that's true. Like, still though, like, really, it's just it's crazy to me. There
0: are limits to what you can take from a single source like that. Yeah. A rule of thumb is you want to have more than one source in anything, especially if you're alleging something you need to have confirmed, 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 confirmed several so that, you know, it's true rather than just taking someone's word for it. And legally, I don't, I mean, he probably said enough of, this is what they said to not make any sort of libel or anything like that but you need to vet those things well yeah and i just simply don't know that that was done in the capacity it needed to be um, for the for the standard of sports illustrated for one which is for many many years the pinnacle of sports journalism
1: exactly Um,
0: I can't imagine Tom Verducci, um, one of their all-time great writers, having a one-source thing like that and just going off of it. Yeah, I can't imagine Jack McCallum, the longtime basketball writer for there, doing something like that either. It it but, just yeah. it doesn't sit right with me in some of those ways, and I don't want to sound like I'm completely negative about the story. I think it's no. interesting, and I think some of it was really well reported, yeah. just not all of it. And you need it to be as close to 100% as possible.
1: Uh, We'll do one more negative before. The one thing we just didn't like. Now, again, this is just our opinion. We're just sharing our opinion on this. Now, you guys, obviously, those of you listening, if you loved it, by all means, you're allowed to love it. I'm not saying you don't have to. It was well done. The reporting was there for the most part. That's what I'll say. Um, The Walter White thing was weird to me, though. Like, yeah. It's not about the money, and he's saying, you know, I did it for me. I liked it. It was I was good at it, and I was like – I, and I was really – I was alive. That's a quote from Walter White on Breaking Bad, who turned into a drug lord. And he compared him to Jason Mons, who said that while Mons' stipend is just over 5000 for the year, um, and then like you said, the slush fund, which was weird. He didn't outright like, say
0: that – Mons was yeah. getting extra money, but he implied it. And anyone who if he argues yeah. otherwise, that's silly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um
0: Jason Mons is a high school football coach with kids and a wife.
1: Who also goes and t- and you know coaches up other coaches across the country. Like
0: he doesn't he doesn't sell meth.
1: No. Um
0: <laughs> I can say with a hundred percent
1: certainty now, the positive. Jason Mons does not sell drugs. That'll be my next story. Um, I, coach Mons, do you sell meth? That, that, <laughs> I, that's what I'm going to go ask him. Um, goodness. Um, yeah. Okay, positives. I love how much good publicity Cesar Chavez got. What William Chipley has been able to do as a head coach there has sure. been phenomenal. Growing that program from having 12 kids. I loved that part of the story. I absolutely adored it. Those kids deserve so much more. I And look, I know people are going to say, well, then go cover them. I get paid to cover a specific area. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Um, but I've talked to him. I've talked to to Lenny Dorfler, the, the AD over there. Fantastic people. Like some of the best people I've ever met. I'm glad that they got this. I hope kids stay home now at Caesar Chavez. I hope kids stay there. Zachary Cook is so good that he has a chance to really bring in other players to say that want to be just like him. Like truly, I love the press they got. They deserve it, hundred um, percent. It's kind of like the the feature that was that uh, the Republic did on Tolleson. Like I love when they highlight programs like that. That part of the story I adored. I was so blown away. By how good that Chavez program looked and how strong those quotes are and how strong their passion is from Dorfler and from you know Chipley to to, that they want Chavez to succeed. They they really do. And I, I was blown away by that. Here's the here's one part that was interesting to me. Tim Doherty spoke with this reporter. Did you see that? I did. I was shocked. I was I very sure
0: if it was before some of the stuff came out.
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Cause I mean he interviewed Chile in the summer for this. Yep, he interviewed Chile in July. So that's what I'm saying is
0: I don't know the timeline of when he actually talked to him. So it might be, you know, who knows?
1: Yeah. Oh, really quick, the shot at um at Cedric Jones. Or not Cedric Jones at uh Byron Evans, that was kind of uncalled for from Cedric. Um I'm going to find really quick the quotes from Doherty. Here it is. Okay, so you guys all know the Doherty situation at this point. How many point. times have you tried to talk to Doherty? Um, I've reached out to him, I think twice, and that's it. Yeah, and um, I'm
0: guessing you didn't even hear a no comment.
1: I was left unread. Yeah, yeah. Um, here is so everything happens, and here's what here's what I thought was interesting. Um, I'm gonna start right here on August 24th. In what might be construed as a preemptive strike to gain favor before an appeals hearing, the CUSDA extended Dory suspension from three games to the entire season. Meanwhile, he'd still be expected to coach him up for the Huskies opener versus Centennial. I don't think that was true. I don't think he was actually involved at, at before the Centennial game, like a week before. I think the week of like their scrimmage, the day of their scrimmage, is when they took him out. Um, Sitting a month later in his classroom on Hamilton's campus where he still teaches American government and history, Doherty feels he has been offered up as a sacrificial lamb to salvage Hamilton's season. Notice the language there that came directly from Doherty's lawyer to me I yeah you know now I'm not saying he'd only sent that to me. I'm just saying like yeah, you saw that me. in the
0: Republic you saw that yeah, in your exactly. story exactly others from the lawyer
1: and I do remember that this reporter, quote tweeted my tweet and said something about the lawyer. And he said, don't worry, I'll handle it. And he said something about like reporters not doing their homework, which at this point is really ironic if he was talking about like me and Richard and everybody else. Um. Anyway, um, here's a quote from Doherty. I've been coaching high school football for 42 years, says Doherty who spent 37 of them in Illinois, 16 as an athletic director. If I wanted to recruit that kid, do you really think I'd be dumb enough to do it directly? I was just trying to, in in quotes, or in uh, parentheses, build up his confidence. And I didn't know the problem Chavez was having with transfers. If I knew then what I know now, I never would have reached out to him. The story goes on. Be it poor judgment or an honest mistake, Doherty, a former walk-on at ASU, playing under Greg Mons, which is Jason's dad, um, and an enshrinee in the Illinois High School Football Hall of Fame, finds himself garnering more attention for an ill-conceived DM than he's ever received in more than four decades of coaching, and, like the mobile classroom in which he teaches, somewhat untethered to the rest of of Hamilton at the moment, a pariah. Until he'd spoken to SI, this coach who has been preaching defense for two-thirds of his life had yet to mount a defense of himself. That's very true. Doherty said this, I really hope I get to coach football again, but if I don't, and then the story says he lifts a single fingered salute to presumably the CUSD and I don't know about you, but if I'm Tim Tim and I want to coach again. Why would I tell a reporter that I want to lift my middle finger to people? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was one of those like supposed to be off the record kind of deals.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but yeah. Um, Oh, I'm getting some funny messages. Sandy, Sandy's chiming in. Um, but, you know, speaking of that, too, we, we did have we did ask for some people's opinions. So I guess we should go to those before we completely move off of this topic, uh, because I don't want to stick on this all night. Um, get through here. Had a couple. So um, Sandy, speaking of Sandy, my mom taught me if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. So I'll refrain. I will refrain. But that's a no from me. Now, I'm not going to tell you what Sandy said to me directly in my DMs. Um, I don't think she liked it very much. I don't think she liked that. It was uh, the way that it kind of led in the direction of some of the stuff that we've already mentioned here. Right. Um, oh, I just lost it again. Oh no.
0: We got one from Spencer Richardson. Yep. Um, coach, uh, a fan of Arizona varsity that I appreciate a uh, coach at snowflake high school football. Um, two-time champion with them. When I lived in Mesa, my church, whose boundary was about four by four blocks, had youth in six different high schools. Each case is different. That's what makes black and white rules very difficult. Always will have those to uh that take every advantage they can to get ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. Hundred um, percent. And part that we didn't really talk about on here is you know neither of us have the idea to fix quote-unquote, the transfer rule. I don't yeah. know that it needs fixing. I don't know that it's broken. No, it whatever does. the case It needs is. to be fixed. It's old. Uh, the point that is we that we didn't talk much about that, but he's right. I mean, if nobody's breaking any rules here, which maybe they did, maybe they didn't, I don't know. It's not my place to say. Um, People are taking advantage of what's offered to them, and it's hard to blame them, so I'm yeah. with him there.
1: Uh, Jacob Saliga, I think some people will end up hurt from this that didn't do anything wrong and some people will get screwed whether fair or not. I think parts of the story were fair and accurate, but the majority of it I felt was words that I cannot type publicly. So and he now, was mad. Jacob also sent me a DM. And Jacob, I hope it's okay that I read this because I think what you said was actually very, very good. Um, he's talking about the the whole uh, the race aspect of the story with Chavez. Um, I felt offended by that statement. I have a family that lives in that area. It's a good area. To say it's impoverished or anything of that nature without him possibly stepping foot there is stupid. Now, I think he might have gone to Chavez because he does mention in detail what their media day was like. Um, so I'm not going to say he wasn't there totally, but... It again, just
0: seems like a sweeping assumption
1: Okay, everybody I've, at Chavez is poor. Yeah, I used to coach a youth football team... Um, I used to help out a youth football team that practices out there in that area. And I never had issues with it. Like it was always a nice area. I even thought to myself, man, I wonder if I should look for a house out here because it's a good area. It's booming new constructions everywhere. Like every, like it's nice. And a lot of the kids that I was coaching came from that community and never in my wildest, like wildest thoughts that I ever say, Oh, look at this impoverished kid. Like I never thought that because and that's they, not
0: to say there isn't anybody in yeah, the area but like, is to not, make that the we're not sweeping, taking away from that struggle, but a sweeping generalization. Yes. It seemed
1: like, yes. Uh, Daniel Felix. what I gathered from the article is that desert Edge Shap and sag, you have great football coaches and kids that want to be a part of the culture. What am I missing? And then uh, Eric Dalip, I think he's the head coach over there at Hamilton. Yep. Girl yeah. He does a great job over there, by the way. Um, if you build it, they will come. Like, yeah. Have our co- are coaches perfect? No. Does recruiting happen? Yes. We're not stupid. It happens. But I don't know. Like, I just I don't the way that the article suggests that Brent Barnes or anybody else, and that was another thing with with Chaparral too. The whole like ninety percent of the student body is white thing. Like he made it seem Like that was just how the entire school is. And maybe it is, but look at the football program. One of their top assistants is African-American. Like you're, I feel like they're making it. One of the
0: best players to ever play at Shepard was Anthony Lucas.
1: Thank you. Like it's just, it, it, it's crazy to me. I don't know, but yeah, it's just, and again, everyone can have their own opinion. Was it well done? to a certain extent absolutely um the reporting was there for the most part there were some minor details that actually i don't want to say minor there were some details that were obviously inaccurate sure or sweeping generalizations that obviously i'm not a fan of um anonymous sources that you and i are both not a fan of like coach doobie whoever coach doobie is um and then not only that but Taking no disrespect
0: quote, to coach dooby maybe he's no, a great guy yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and then
0: use your real name
1: this is the last thing I'll say Rock chelassky them not knowing if in June that he's going to play football or not so he uses a quote from a young plugged in reporter that said there's three quarterbacks from out of state that were ready to go to Hamilton if he didn't play. Don't you think he should have reached out to, like, Richard Obert, to me, to Mike Zadebsky. Hey, is Rock playing? Every single one of us would have said, yes, he's playing. Because I found out for sure that he was playing back in April. And so did Richard Obert.
0: And also, whoever this young reporter is, maybe they did or didn't say it. And also, maybe they do or don't know what they're talking about.
1: I would be willing to bet they have no idea what they're talking about. What young reporter is plugged in, other than Jacob Saliga, who didn't say it?
0: Doesn't matter.
1: Even if it was, like, someone like you or me who were still relatively young, like, it wasn't me. I didn't say that. I wouldn't say something stupid like that. I don't know anything. You know what I really hate to assume it was, who it was? Don't do it. I'm just saying, do your homework, do your research. This is probably a conversation I'm going to have with some of my students tomorrow in class because there's a lot. Actually, I have to be really careful because, yeah, the ties to Cronkite are there. Um, But, yes, was the story reported well and a lot of time put into it? Absolutely. Fantastic job. A lot of man hours. Great job with that. Are there some inaccuracies? Yes. That's the only thing I'll say. So think about it however you like. That's just, I just would have taken a little bit more time to verify some things. The biggest one is the Kendra Pride thing. Literally, a quick Twitter search would have found Kendra Pride on Carl Hayden still, or look at the Basha's roster. Go you know, to a there.
0: practice of Basha and see whether he's there or not.
1: Call Coach McDonald. He's not that hard to get a hold of. Yeah. He appreciates media coverage of that team. Like, dude, come
0: on. And if, especially if it was something that was going to paint him in a good or bad light, he'd like to have his say, I'm
1: guessing. Well, and not only that, but like, here's the thing, too. He very clearly talked to that Carl Hayden coach, who is amazing, by the way. Nothing against him. Very clearly talked to him probably in the summer, like after he announced his transfer. Why not go back to him and say, hey, anything changed in the last three months? Things change check in, in three months. Check in with your sources. I bet, I bet the coach of Carl Hayden just forgot he even said that.
0: Yeah.
1: Chili forgot he even talked to the dude until, until it came out. He's like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just some things that I wasn't a big fan of, but it's all good. Like I said, a lot of man hours. I will never – I will not – As long as no one's hurt, right? As long as no one gets hurt by it. So, We'll see. Um, Let's move on very quickly. Awatuki Bowl. This is a game that you covered for a few years that you loved. I covered it now for my fifth one, I think. I love this game. And there's been a lot of talk of, oh, has it lost its luster, blah, blah, blah. Look, teams go go through up and down stuff. Like, it happens. This is the one game, though, where I really truly believe that the Awatuki community, whether or not they go to the game... They still pay attention to it. They care. They care about it. Um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a Thursday night. There's a ton of media that's going to be there. I know for a fact. I know James Tooby's doing the uh, Epic Sports broadcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure Claudia's going to be out there. Probably Spurgeon. Um, I'm assuming Cody, maybe. Unless he's going to watch NFL. Uh, Chili's going to be there. Obviously, I'm there. Uh, probably Saliga. Like it, it's going to be... There's going to be a lot of people on those sidelines, and I'm very, very excited for that. Um, I'm excited for this game, man. I really am. That, that's really all I can say. That's that's the only way I can kind of sum it up. Like I love yeah. this game. I, I feel like it's kind of, of like them. my bread and butter. My, my bread and butter in some ways. Yeah. I covered two
0: of them. I covered 18 and 19. Um, yeah. Desert Vista won both of them. Yep. Uh, when I was there, the Mountain Point's taken the last couple
1: mountain point one and 20 and then desert vista one and 21 that's right yeah yeah um, so i've actually in in the games that i've covered desert vista three and one yeah yeah three and, and one. mountain
0: points probably the favorite this year
1: i would yeah i would say so on paper now it
0: could go either way and that's the beauty of the game is that
1: it does records do not matter yeah. at all in this game um Quick disclaimer, my schedule for the week and picks will be coming out probably either tonight or tomorrow. Um, I am not choosing a winner for this game.
0: Yeah. Just I'm excited. not doing it.
1: I am not doing it. Um, yeah, I, I can't do it. There's no way. I think I would get mauled in the parking lot. Um, not really. But honestly, the, the thing you I might have some though, person who reads it go, hey.
0: I know. That's about the, it. The
1: the thing that I love about well, it's funny because I picked a couple Twitter mentions. I picked against Mountain Point last week against Campo Verde. And a lot of times like when I do my picks, it's more like just to see how teams kind of respond. Spe- mostly teams that I'm really close with. I will say that. The teams I'm really close with where I know coaches will text me or players will send me a DM, or in this case the student section for Mountain Point's Twitter account will quote tweet it after the game with some snarky comment, which I absolutely love. I love that um that's why i do it um but this game i'm not picking i will not pick a winner for this game i can't i really can't do it even if even eric if you if we got off here or if you said to me right now that i have to pick a, a game before we end this broadcast we'd be going all night because i could not pick a winner so yeah and you know how much i love i know you do your teams anyway it's your passion yeah it really is so prediction um, talk It is, it is, yeah. So uh, anyone else, if you want to drop your predictions, um, I'll put a little tweet out that asks you to go ahead and do that. Um, But it's going to be fun, man. I'm really, really looking forward to it. There's a lot of really good games this week. Again, not sure if I'm going to go out Friday or not, but we'll see. Um, But, yeah, man, last thing you – the best thing you ate in the last week.
0: Have you ever – I was thinking about – do you remember several weeks ago um the guy who drank a beer with a hot dog as a straw that was going around social media? Never saw so it. So there was it was on Twitter and this guy was getting a bunch of flack because he cut a hole in the middle of his hot dog and he was drinking he was using the hollowed out hot dog as a straw to drink his beer which is about the nastiest thing I could think of.
1: Yeah, I mean I'll have a beer with a hot dog, but I don't know if I'd want to... But
0: you're not drinking the yeah. beer out of the hot dog. It's do. gross. It's an yeah. ab- abjectly gross thing to do. Yes. I was at a game... Oh, no. ...on Monday. Oh, no. This is a long story. Okay. Not really, but... Okay. It's a winding path to get to where I'm going. Okay. I forgot my mints. I always carry mints with me everywhere I go. Um... But I forgot my mints that day. I was at a volleyball game. Okay. I needed something to cleanse my palate after dinner and everything. So I bought those Sour Punch straws. You know, the ones that the long, skinny, sour things. And I drank some red Gatorade out of a Sour Punch straw like I used to do as a kid. And I was thinking about this guy who made a straw out of something else. And I don't eat a ton of sugar, but that was a sugar overload. And I absolutely loved it. Drinking Gatorade out of a Sour Punch straw as an actual straw. I felt like I was five years old, but it was tremendous. You did this
1: in the gym? This was in the hallway. So no one saw me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if anyone <laughs> at- if anyone at that gym
0: <laughs> saw that. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw me. At least oh, okay. no one got a picture that I'm aware
1: of. Someone's probably looking at the security cameras, like, what is he?
0: Yeah, doing? yeah. Some security guard at Coconino yeah. High School is like, why is there a guy who, why is this happening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the best thing that you ate. It's the most
0: interesting thing I ate this week, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, for me, it would have to be, man, Sunday, NFL Sunday, I had pizza for the first time in a really long time. And it wasn't anything special. It was little Caesars of all pizza, but just pizza, having pizza for the first, honestly, it had to be like two or three months. It was so good. And the crazy bread, delicious. Love crazy bread. It, I, I could eat the entire thing of crazy bread for my meal, and not even feel bad about it.
0: Yeah,
1: like I'm honestly, with you. Like honestly, so sweet. That was good. Uh, no. Oh, Saliga sent me something about the Awatu people prediction thing. Saliga says can't pick against Nate, so I guess Saliga's choosing Desert Vista to win tomorrow. Eric, how about you?
0: Of a mountain point, just to be contrarian.
1: Okay. I respect that. Um, sweet. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Eric and I obviously appreciate it, as always. Uh, make sure to give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Alvair, at Union Rights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. Until next week, when we recap Tukey Bowl, recap Saguaro Liberty, recap probably some other games, and look ahead to some other ones as well. We will talk to you all. Oh, wait, really quick, Eric. How did your soccer soccer season end up? Oh, yeah. Uh, we
0: finished third exactly the same thing as we did the season before. Out the mud. Nothing changed at all. We lost to the same team in the semifinals and then beat the same team in the third, fourth place game. So literally nothing changed from season to season.
1: Built different. Out the mud.
0: Yeah. Um, there isn't another season until next spring. So, um, but
1: then we'll be coming different. You'll, be <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mama Hawkins says, go Liberty. That's a huge game. Swear Liberty. I might, yeah, I might be a little sad if I don't go, but we'll see. I, I might take the day off. I might take advantage. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you come different on Thursday and Friday. Uh, make sure to get your teams out the mud. Um, what's another, what's another one? Everybody's gotta be
0: grinding, can't escape
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> can't escape the grind. Grind together, shine together.
1: <laughs> Hashtag blessed. All right, yeah. thanks guys. Speaking of someone old.
0: who's not blessed, the catcher, the Cubs mascot, who had to freaking oh here pretend that Sister Jean's first pitch at the Cubs game was anything other than the worst thing you've seen. She looked like she was bowling. That was so bad. She should be disappointed in herself. I didn't think she should get any worse than making bad <laughs> predictions and stupid coverage of college basketball. And she sidearm underthrew a pitch from like five feet away from the mound. That was garbage. Just let her be an old lady in peace, guys. Why do we keep dragging this woman out there to make an embarrassment out of herself? Like, show her on the Jumbotron and everyone can cheer fine whatever like but the idea that you have this i can't imagine that her her motorized wheelchair she was on went very well in the dirt and the grass at wrigley field right like it's not easy to push a i don't know if you've ever tried to push a wheelchair in grass like that it's not easy to do and so the amount of time it must have taken to be out there and she's just thinking to herself i'm gonna miss this pitch i'm gonna miss this pitch she bowled it They should have put pins there, and they could have yelled strike when the ball rolled across the plate. It was the worst pitch. It might be the worst first pitch I've ever seen. She should be embarrassed. Eric, she's 103 years old. I know, and she's – it looks like she – she looked every minute of that 103 taking that pitch. I hope if I get to 103, nobody in my family or friends or whatever tries to roll me out there as the ceremonial – Bag to fake throw a first pitch. I would be so embarrassed. All right.